next on BYU Sports Nation. Texas looming, where Longhorn Network analyst and former Georgia quarterback David Green thinks Texas is vulnerable. Plus, Ty Detmer's advice for BYU quarterback Taysom Hill, the former Heisman Trophy winner, gives his take on the Cougars and their sophomore signal caller. And three observations from film study of Texas and BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Hello and welcome to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jerem Jordan with Spencer Linton. It is Thursday, September 5th, and we are just two days away from BYU and Texas. We've got a great show lined up. Oh, yeah. We're about to give you an all-access introduction to the Texas Longhorns. David Green, former first-team SEC quarterback at the University of Georgia, current Longhorn Network analyst. He'll join us in a few minutes to drop some knowledge on 15th-ranked Texas. We also have Craig Way, the global play-by-play voice of the Longhorns. Hear why he's so high on BYU. And a jam-packed show today, but how about this tomorrow, Jerem? ESPN's Joe Tessitore, who will call the game on ESPN2 this Saturday night. The guy eats, sleeps, and breathes college football. He is synonymous with college football. And he does Heismanology. So you have uh, bracketology, you have Heismanology in college football. He's the guy with that. He'll join us tomorrow. Yeah. His voice is one of the best in the business. Joe Tessitore tomorrow right here on BYU Sports Nation. As a reminder... Listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. Also, you can listen on demand each afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. And please get involved in the conversation anytime on demand by following at BYU Sports Nation and tweeting to us at that Twitter handle. Daily updates, links to the show, all sorts of good stuff. Let's get to our poll question. Yesterday we talked about BYU scoring points. Today we're talking about Texas scoring points. How many points will Texas score against BYU on Saturday? Weigh in right now on BYUtvsports.com. I believe that yesterday's poll result, the majority of BYU fans said 10-19 to 19 for Correct. BYU. Yes. So, with that background... Again, how many points will Texas score against BYU on Saturday? Weigh in right now, BYUTVSports.com. You can also tweet us your answers at BYU Sports Nation. We're off and running, and it's time for What's Trending. Topic number one, advice for Taysom. You know, there's going to be a learning curve in that type of system. It takes you a little bit for the timing and the rhythm. And and BYU is, you know, to me, the first game of the year, you don't have scrimmages and you don't have any of that, and so the timing is always a little off. You may recognize that voice, Ty Detmer, 1990 Heisman Trophy winner, the only Heisman Trophy winner to play in a BYU uniform. We had him on the show yesterday, offered some really good insight onto what Taysom needs to do, and also pointed out the fact that he's only a sophomore, he's still young, he has a lot to learn in the system, but the potential is there. Yeah, and Detmer would know he has a similar career to uh, layout, at least, to Taysom. Because 1988, Detmer played due to some injuries, came back uh, second half of the 88 Freedom Bowl. He's kind of the hero there. He's the man going into 89. He's the sophomore quarterback. Does that sound familiar? Taysom Hill started two games last year, played uh, against Washington State, Weaver State, uh, almost makes the comeback against Boise State, beats Utah State, best win of the year, by the way, for BYU last year, with Hill at the helm and Hawaii. Uh, if anyone knows, uh, it's Detmer in giving advice to Taysom Hill. Granted, Ty Detmer played an entirely different style of offense. Pro set, 
uh, pick apart the defense. Very cerebral. Not saying Taysom isn't a cerebral quarterback, but the offense is designed. He's not given as much Exactly. Yeah. They're not asking him to pick apart a defense. They're asking him to beat a defense with speed and physicality and wearing them out. Simple execution with this go-fast, go-hard offense. You don't have time to go up to the line and kind of look at it. And we talked to him about that. It was interesting observations from Ty on yesterday's show. And here's what Ty had to say going forward for what Taysom Hill needs to do. For the quarterback especially, things happen so much faster in a game than they ever did in practice. And so I think having that, that game now under your belt, I think we'll see things continue to get better and uh, progress and more points and more drives and all those types of things as, as they get going here. And we'll see if BYU can produce more of that this Saturday against Texas. Trending topic number two, contain big plays. Well, the biggest thing that jumped out to me um, on Saturday was, was really no big plays. Um, you know, that's the, the scariest thing as a, as a DB and as a coach is, um, you know, eliminating those, those big plays down the field. And those will be crucial against a Texas team that had, I believe, four plays of 50-plus yards Saturday against Mexico State. Yeah, the, the offense took a little while to get going, but they did show that big play capability. BYU prides themselves on being able to keep everything in front. Can they do that against the Texas Longhorns? And that was Brian Logan, by the way, former BYU cornerback and BYU TV football analyst. Uh, Texas has athletes, and they're going to test the BYU uh, defensive backs on Saturday. Logan Saturday again. is going to be the true test for the DBs. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of talented guys that they're going to be going against. You know, guys that are going to be in the NFL, guys that have four three, four four speed. So it's going to be uh, more of an interesting test to see on Saturday. And that's and that's exactly right. Virginia did not have the same kind of skill position players on the wings. Wings meaning the receivers out wide and uh, the running backs. Uh, I thought Kevin Parks was a good running back. BYU shut him down on, on Virginia's side. Uh, and they were never tested down the field. The only drive where Virginia really put something together in chunks was right before the half. They line up a 53-yard field goal. Those three points end up being big. But that was the only drive where I thought the BYU defense could have been a little better. They give up short field touchdowns. But like Brian Logan said... Texas is a whole different story than Virginia. The mindset BYU takes into this game against Texas is not so much, oh man, we have to play Texas. What what are we going to do to slow them down? Bronco Mendenhall has instilled in them, we get to play Texas. They get to play us. They have to come to Provo and play us in our house. It's going to be a wild home opener. They're very much looking forward to, almost overly excited about the opportunity to play one of the top teams in the country. Trending topic number three, go fast, go far, uh, go hard, and we go back to Ty Detmer for that. You know, for me, it's kind of bang for the buck a little bit, too. Are you just running plays, or are you actually being productive and, and uh, really getting some out of that, that play each and every time you line up? Efficiency is the key. Can you, while going fast, make the, make the simple throw, make the simple read? Taysom Hill showed that he has the ability to do that at times, the downfall came when he's throwing behind receivers. They're open. Can he get them the ball? And that's something that we observed in studying the game yesterday, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the show, is we watched the BYU-Virginia game again, uh, tried to break it down a little bit. We'll share our observations from that and where we think BYU uh, can improve. Jerem Jordan alongside Spencer Linton here on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for joining us. We remind you to weigh in on the poll question, BYUtvsports.com. 
as well as uh, tweet at BYU Sports Nation uh, your questions and comments. We'll open up Cougar Chatter today. We'll get to your questions and comments. Let's go over some personnel problems. Uh, I say problems. I mean injuries and transfers and whatnot. Let's dive into that a little bit. Personal problems, Jerem, yeah. or personnel They're not problems. problems per se, just personnel notes. <laughs> Cody Hoffman, hamstring. He was 80 to 85%, did not play against Virginia. Yesterday, Bronco Mendenhall listed him as probable. The good news is he practiced yesterday. Yeah, I think that was an early, a telltale sign. Early on in the week, if Hoffman practices, you can expect him to play. Wani Unga, rib injury, missed the end of the game against Virginia. He's listed as possible. And that's a big blow. When we watched the quote-unquote film, there's no actual film, but when we watched the tape, tape. there's no tape either, the digital file, (laughs) we observed Wani Unga. He was balling. He was a playmaker. And he he had limited action last year. He was awesome in that game. BYU's got to have him against Texas. He changed... The complexity of the game on a number of on a number of drives, Wani Unga literally was taking over. He was shutting down Virginia. Incredible stuff. And, and like Jeremy said, we'll have more on on that linebacking core coming up in uh, our tape review, our digital file review. Continuing on with these uh, injury issues, Sam Lee, BYU, super high on him. He was a, a very he is a very talented defensive back, defensive player. It looks like. He's not going to come back, probably won't play this season, and BYU had hoped that he would be back in the lineup at some point in 2013. Yeah, he injured his back prior to fall camp, and then they thought, okay, week two or three we'll get him in. Um, he's not going to play this year, uh, according to Bronco Mendenhall yesterday. Big, big news, yeah, yeah, also, speaking of defensive help, BYU is hoping that Chris Badger, the Notre Dame transfer, former Timview High School star, can get a waiver from the NCAA to play this year. If not, he'll have to sit out. But he is back and practicing with BYU at camp right now. He's on the team, and that's great news. Uh, I know he had some family health issues that made him want to get closer to home. He's from Provo, Timfew, like you mentioned. Uh, and full disclosure, Spencer and I, when we when we first met, it was back in 06, 07, uh, in the communications program at BYU. We called games on a little channel called iProvo. It's now Channel 17 locally in, in Provo. Chris Badger, Craig Bills, Bronson Kafusi, um, all played for Timfew. We helped call some of those games. Provo Basketball, this was so fun. Brandon Davies, Kyle Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, Adam Law is a baseball player for BYU drafted by the Dodgers. So Chris Badger was, was one of our guys that we got to cover. And so we're excited that he's back in the mix. If he can play this year for BYU, I think that's huge. And I wonder where they put him because he played corner in high school. He played safety at Notre Dame, enrolled in 2010 there, didn't play a ton, and then did not, uh, did not play last year. So BYU will find a place for him on the field. And he and Bills played together. You talk about chemistry. Next year you could have a Timfew safety duo that know each other so well. What? the chemistry would be instant. Badger and Bills. I'm just waiting for the newspaper headlines to just tee off on that one. (laughs) They can play together. They know each other well. They're excited uh, to be back with one another. Moving on, Teo Fabaluge. This guy's kind of been a journeyman. He's had a very intriguing, interesting career as a college football player. One-time BYU guy, then goes to TCU. Now he's a BYU student, but focusing on academics trying to get himself ready to go to be able to play with this BYU team. He has not spoken to Coach Mendenhall and doesn't plan to until he has that eligibility and those academic issues are taken care of. 
he would be a huge, huge grab for BYU. Yeah, an offensive lineman uh, where BYU has the most need right now. Uh, and really a talented player who's up to this point uh, career has been wasted somewhat because he plays at BYU, or he's at BYU. He transfers. You go D1 to D1. you got to sit out a year. Uh, he had burned a redshirt year already, so he just burned his sophomore year, junior year. Uh, well, coming in, it'd be his, it would be his junior year this year, actually. So he, he'll be a senior, and he will have only played two years, essentially. Which is unfortunate, but... For a talented guy. Yeah, from what I've heard from people that have talked to him, he's grateful to be back on campus. And priority number one is to get it right in the classroom and then make an immediate impact on this BYU football team. You would hope that would just be there so that you can play, but unfortunately it's not. And especially this year, BYU really could have used him. Okay, Jerem. One more time with the poll question. How many points will Texas score against BYU on Saturday? There are four options for all of you listening. 0 to 9, 10 to 19, 20 to 29 or 30 plus. What's your what's your guess? Are you asking my opinion or what What do you think the fans have voted so far? Oh boy. What leads? I'm going to say that C is leading right now. Wrong. B. So 10 to 19 points, 41%. This is, and again, the question being, how many points will Texas score against BYU on Saturday? Second is C, what you said, 20 to 29, 37%. 30-plus is 19%, and then 0 to 9 is 5%. Let's go ahead and drive this uh, little tidbit home again. The benchmark for BYU, regardless of changes in the coaching staff and the offense, remains at holding the opponent under 24 points and scoring more than 24 because statistically that is where BYU wants to be. They win the majority of the games when they score 24 or more. They have lost games when they've scored 24 or more, but most of the time that, again, is the benchmark. And Bronco Mendenhall, when he told me in my sit-down interview with him last week, that despite everything that's going on with all the changes on this staff and on this team, we're still sticking to our guns with that. And the numbers are pretty definite. So magic numbers under Bronco Mendenhall, that is from 2005 to now. When BYU scores 24 or more, 65 and 8. When they allow 24 or less, 66 and 9. So 24 is really the benchmark. It doesn't work every time, but it's pretty close. We remind you to tweet at BYU Sports Nation. We will get some of your tweets involved in Cougar Chatter. We also have your Rise and Shout coming up. Yeah, okay. Anytime you hear rise and shout, you'll hear the cougar growl on BYU Sports Nation. Cosmo's awake and ready to go. <laughs> He's a close friend of the show. Yeah, he he visits on occasion, but he, he can't talk, unfortunately. Yeah. He's, per- he's perfect for TV and not for radio. Terrible for radio. Yeah, he's terrible for radio. Nothing personal, but it is what it is. Okay, coming up on BYU Sports Nation, former Georgia quarterback and Longhorn Network analyst David Green tells us where Texas is vulnerable. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation on the home of the BYU Cougars, BYU Radio. You are listening to BYU Sports Nation, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us on Twitter at Spencer underscore Linton. 
and at Jerem Jordan. We remind you of the many ways to listen to this show, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. The show will also be on demand each afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. Follow at BYU Sports Nation for daily updates and links to the show. David Green was a quarterback at Georgia from 2001 to 2004. He's now a uh, football analyst for the Longhorn Network in Austin, Texas. We welcome David to BYU Sports Nation. David, what's it like having been an SEC quarterback, and now you're an analyst in the Big 12? Now you're exactly right. It's actually a little crazy, and I'm trying to make sure when I go on air, you know, I'm not using references about Georgia and Alabama football and talking about Johnny Manziel. So, no, but it's been a lot of fun. I, you know, last game... Uh, you know, going uh, you know into Texas and seeing that whole atmosphere and looking at the level of talent in the Big Twelve, it's it's been fun. It's been a learning curve, but it's been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying working with uh, with Ricky Williams, Ahmad uh, Brooks as well, and Lowell. So it's been a fun it's been a fun year. I'm getting my feet wet, and uh, you know, look forward to the game this weekend as well. It should be a good matchup. David, you were an all-SEC quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs back in 2002. Now you look at David Ash taking over the Texas uh, offense. He's been there for a few years. He has progressed, obviously. What do you like about his game, and what should BYU fans know about his game as they prepare to watch this contest? Yeah, well, I tell you, when I started watching film on Ash uh, you know, from last year, I was really blown away with just how talented he is. I mean, certainly a dual-threat quarterback, and I think as people are seeing, especially in his first game, uh, he's running the ball more than he did last year, but uh, he throws the ball extremely well, throws a pretty spiral, extremely accurate. And I think last year he completed around 67% of his passes, but uh, when he catches fire and he gets hot, he's as good as anybody in the country. Uh, the key for David is just getting in rhythm and as, you know, a lot of people, some of the knock that has been on him is, you know, there's been games, especially last year, he started off and just couldn't get going. Um, you know, and had a couple of rough games. The New Mexico State kind of started off kind of the same way. Missed Mike Davis, you know, kind of on a wide-open touchdown early. I throw a pick right there on a one-yard line, and it comes out, and, you know, they score eight touchdowns in a row. So uh, I think if when he can put it all together, I mean, there's no question this kid is extremely talented. Uh, and like I said, the dual threat is so difficult, you know, to defend these dual threat quarterbacks in college football, and he's certainly one of On the BYU side, Taysom Hill is a sophomore quarterback who uh, is part of this new uh, go-fast-go-hard offense, BYU calls it, which is similar to what Texas has done uh, going into the Alamo Bowl last year and then this season. Uh, how difficult is it to not only learn a new offense, uh, but do it at the breakneck speed that both Texas and BYU are trying to do it at? Yeah, well, the good thing about it, when you do the no-huddle system, you know, it, it, it takes away all the crazy nuances, the long play calls with the shifts and the motions. You know, the, the boring football that we used to see 10, 15 years ago where you're in high formation, all the shift and motion which for a quarterback is just a nightmare because, you know, you actually get up to the line of scrimmage um, and you're just trying to make sure you get everybody in the right place. And then you go, oh, my gosh, I actually got to execute this play now. <laughs> you know? and, but for this, this no-huddle system, this up-tempo, it's great for a quarterback because they can go out and play. And, you know, playing quarterback, it's similar to golf in many respects because they're, they're very much a, there's a rhythm to it. And once you kind of get in that flow, uh, you know, you're out there, you're sweating, you're hot, running around on the field. You know, Hill's one of these guys that 
Uh, in my opinion, he can throw as well outside the pocket as he does inside the pocket. He's you know, extremely talented, has a strong arm. If I was a defensive coordinator, I'd want to make sure he stays in the pocket because when these quarterbacks get outside, that's when trouble happens. David Green, former Georgia quarterback from 2001 to 2004 and current Longhorn Network analyst, joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. David, can you tell us about three specific playmakers on either side of the ball from Texas that BYU fans will want to know about before kickoff? Yeah, well, I think, you know, first of all, it's Jay Johnson. Uh, he's number four. He was number 27 last year, but has changed his jersey to number four. He uh, is an incredibly talented. Had a big game last week. He was a guy last year they didn't really utilize that much. Um, but he'll play receiver. He'll play running back. He's one of these guys that, you know, he can score every single time he touches the ball. And had a great game last week against New Mexico State. Um you know, as far as running backs, you really got you got three guys that are really, really good. You got Malcolm Brown, Jonathan Gray, Joe Bergeron is more of the bruiser uh, running back, um, and then you got you obviously you got Mike Davis still. Um, you know, at wideout, he's kind of their deep threat guy, the guy who normally hits the home run ball. You got Jackson Shipley, um, who's been there forever and uh, extremely talented as well, and. But one guy to keep an eye on as well is the newcomer, Kendall Sanders. Uh, he's a kid who's had a great spring, a great fall camp. Yeah, he didn't play last week because he was injured. Uh, not 100% sure if he's playing this week or not. I, I've got to check on that. But if he's in the game, uh, Kendall Sanders, he's extremely talented. And just another guy that they, you know, Texas can plug into that receiving core that can make big plays. Defensively, there's two guys coming off of injury that look to make a huge impact this year. Jack, uh, Jackson Jeffcoat and Jordan Hicks, what role will they play on the yeah. defensive side? Well, both of them are extremely talented. You know, they've both been plagued by injuries last year, uh, but I think Jackson's definitely one of the best defensive ends in the country. Uh, Jordan's a terrific linebacker as well. Both of them, not only just from, uh, just from playing, but their leadership roles as well. I mean, both of them are like coaches on the field, and even when you watch film, you can tell, you know, when the play's developing, these guys are normally a step ahead of everyone else. They just got that football IQ. They can sniff things out. Uh, they play hard. They've been there for a while. And uh, I think their leadership, like I said earlier, is, is, is as big a part of them being on the field as anything else. Longhorn analyst David Green and former Georgia quarterback joining us on BYU Sports Nation. He hails from Atlanta, Georgia. They fly him out to Austin to uh, give his insider perspective, and that's what we are asking him to do right now. He's been gracious enough to take time with us. Now, David, does Texas have a vulnerable spot? They're the 15th-ranked team in the country. Do they have a weakness? Well, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to say early on because they really didn't get tested last week. I think this week we'll learn a lot more about their football team. Um, you know, the offensive line is something uh, that I'll be curious to see just how well they perform as the season goes on. I really like BYU's defense. I think they swarm to the ball. Uh, they're hard-nosed. They're tough. So I think we're going to learn a lot about the offensive line. Everybody knows uh, offense is high-powered in the skill position. As far as the defensive side of the ball, it'll be curious to see, uh, you know, how deep how Texas defense has improved. You know, tackling was an issue last year. They got better late in the season. You know, last week, like I said, really wasn't a huge challenge. Uh, you got a heel back there, quarterback. I really like running back at BYU and Williams as well. He's a tough, hard-nosed runner. We're just going to see, I really want to see how good that interior seven is for Texas 
Uh, and as well as, you know, the, the secondary as well has got you know, plagued with giving up some big plays and missed assignments. So, um, yeah, I think the key for Texas defensively is just making sure yeah, they don't give away any big plays, don't have any missed assignments, because that's something that, that killed them last year. David Green joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, David, final question for you. The front seven, you mentioned uh, the question in your mind, how much could they do against BYU's offensive line? If there's one thing that stood out to BYU fans last week, it was that the offensive line has some room for improvement. Uh, will right. the front four, since uh, it's a 4-3 for Texas, will they be able to get enough uh, you know, of a pass rush and create problems for Taysom Hill, uh, in your mind, without having to blitz linebackers? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think so because uh, you know, you know, watching BYU's game last week, that was the one thing when I was writing notes. That was the one thing I saw the offensive line. I felt like was being dominated pretty bad by Virginia. You got Jackson Jeffcoat, who's obviously one of the best defensive ends in the country. Uh, Cedric Reed had a great week last week, and I think everybody's you know, really expecting him to step up and have a big year for Texas. So, um, yeah, I think if I. You know, I think those guys could certainly have a have a big day, uh, but we'll see. The one thing you got to be careful sometimes is when you start rushing upfield so much. A lot of times, Taysom Hill, you know, he can he can step up in that pocket, and a lot of times there's a lot of green grass that you go running right behind him. So, yeah, I expect to see some different twists and stunts up front uh, for the defensive tackles, just to try to make sure Hill doesn't see any big you know any big running lanes. David, I thought of one more random thing that I want to ask. Let's say. Hypothetically speaking, Georgia and Texas play in a bowl game. Where does your allegiance lie at that point? Well, look, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. That's <laughs> where it lies. Now, look, when I get my when I when I put on the analyst hat, now I'm sitting here on TV. I'm going to get my my good, honest opinion. Uh, but I'm sure I'll definitely have on a red a red tie for that one. <laughs> Very good. And most of the other time, I'm sure you're, you're uh, donning the uh, burnt orange when you're on camera. David, we appreciate uh, the time and best of luck this weekend in uh, in studio with the Longhorn Network. All right, guys. Appreciate it. David Green giving valuable knowledge, dropping knowledge, as I said earlier, on this BYU-Texas game. Jerem, let's go to a poll update how many points will Texas score against BYU on Saturday? BYUTVSports.com weigh in right now. And the results are 10-19, to 19, still leading at 41%, 20-29 to 29 points, 37%, 30-plus, 19%, and 4%, 0-9. Fan base high on that BYU defense. Yeah. Can't blame them if you're going off of last year and uh, the Virginia game. It's more the same held the Cavaliers to just 223 yards of offense, but... You could argue this will be the best offense they face all year. Turnovers is going to be key to me. If BYU can force several turnovers, they can they can pull off the upset at home. And that's what why New Mexico State was in the game. Three first-half turnovers by the Longhorns, and they didn't score till two minutes left in the half, and New Mexico State led 7 nothing. Well, a more Longhorn perspective, thanks to Craig Way, the global voice of the Texas Longhorns, coming up in just a moment, and... A reminder, tomorrow, ESPN's Joe Tessitore will join us live on BYU Sports Nation. If you know college football, there's a good chance you know Joe. He'll call the game Saturday night, ESPN 2, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Eastern. He is synonymous with the game. He eats, sleeps, and breathes college football. Joe Tessitore coming up with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. We mentioned that we watched the BYU-Virginia game and the Texas spring game. And so Wednesdays throughout the season, we're going to spend time watching BYU's game from the previous week, and then if we can get our hands on the 
Cougars' next opponent's last game, if that makes sense, Thursdays, we're going to try and tell you what we observed from some film study. And so here's what we've got uh, from BYU and Virginia yesterday. Yeah, number one, BYU's linebacking core, top five in the country. They're awesome. They're better than I thought they would be, and I thought they would be good. They are who we thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting to, I was wondering when that was going to first get in. Nicely done. But yeah, how about a rise and shout for the BYU linebacking core? Kyle Van Noy, Spencer Hadley, Alani Fua, and Wani Unga. Collectively, those four players, plus the reserves, are also very talented. They cause so much disruption because they have length, speed, and they all have the ability to pass defend. You don't get that often with an entire linebacking crew, but they're so versatile. The defense is good, headlined by the linebackers. Second thing I noticed, too many dropped passes. Okay, we, we know that Taysom Hill had accuracy issues. It's been beaten to death, well-documented throughout the media. And before, it got wet, too. Yeah, he, he missed players when it was nice outside, when it, the ball was still dry. But when the ball was catchable, the receiver's didn't help him out in several key situations. And again, breaking down the film yesterday, it's as simple as a few more first downs, and I think BYU wins the game by a touchdown or more. A few a few first downs. They had some drives going, but then they got in third and short situations, second and short situations, and could not get a first down because of a dropped pass. Sim- simple things. Pass and catch. Third thing, BYU's offense did enough to impress me and to win the football game. Given all of the bad things that happened throughout the course of that game, they were still in position to win. They went 92 yards late in the game when they needed to to take the lead. They got a turnover. They kicked a field goal instead of punching in to score a touchdown. But still, they defense held again. They were in position up 16-12 to win the football game. They did enough. The same performance will not beat Texas. That's the that's the concern in BYU Sports Nation's mind is you've got to play better than that. Okay, the Texas spring game. We didn't have our hands on the New Mexico State game from last week, so we looked at their spring game. One, David Ash is a completion machine. He's a 70% completion guy. Now, granted, that's under last year's offense. They go to a new offense in the Alamo Bowl and then this year. But still, he makes quick decisions, precision passing, uh, he knows where he's going. He's also mobile, 91 yards rushing against New Mexico State. Observation number two from uh, Texas Spring Game. Speed on the wings. Mike Davis, DeJay Johnson, Jackson Shipley. These guys are fast, and they can get down the field. If they get to the second level, it's going to be trouble for BYU. And so those BYU linebackers you talked about, they're really going to have to bring it uh, and not allow uh, short throws and runs to go long. That was New Mexico State's problem. Did not tackle well. And finally, uh, number three from the Texas spring game, linebacker Jordan Hicks is the leader of the defense. This guy is really good. Um, The Brandon Ogletree from last year of that defense uh, with a a little more height uh, to him. He had an interception in the spring game. He was all over the field making plays, uh, stopping the run. Uh, He's a baller. He's probably an NFL guy. As a reminder... As a reminder, tweet us your observations upon further review of BYU's game. We want to hear what you think at BYU Sports Nation. Interestingly enough, David Green, when I asked him, okay, where's the weakness in this Texas football team? 
he didn't come right out and say it, but he said, I'll be interested to see what the offensive line does. And yesterday we profiled them. They have played a lot of football. Those guys have started a lot of football games, like 152 or something like that. I 129 think. career 129 starts career among the five starts. offensive linemen. So 129. Boy, I was way off. I'm glad to have you here, Jeremy. 129 combined career starts for the Texas offensive line. Yet David Green, the Longhorn Network analyst, says he'll be interested to see what they can do against BYU's talented defensive front seven. He says that the Cougars may have some opportunity to create turnovers to cause problems for David Ash. And if you do not get pressure on David Ash, he's going to pick you apart. Yeah, it'll be over. He's polished enough that he will get what he wants. He will find a way to beat you. And we'll ask that in a moment. Uh, Coming up, Craig Way, Texas Longhorn Radio play-by-play on why the Longhorns know BYU's better than that Virginia performance. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Programming note, check out the live pre- and post-game shows on BYU Radio and BYU TV this Saturday. BYU Radio has pregame coverage starting at 5 p.m. Eastern time with Greg Rubel. Then BYU TV's countdown to kickoff starts at 6 Eastern to get you ready for BYU versus 15th-ranked Texas on ESPN2 at 7. Then join BYU TV and BYU Radio right after the game for full postgame coverage. Craig Way is the play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns and co-host of the Sports Buffet on AM 1300 The Zone. Craig, we're glad to have you with us today. How are things going in Austin? They're they're great. They're hot, and I know it's uh, warm up there, but uh, it's about uh, twenty degrees cooler up there. So we're looking forward to being out there this weekend. Well, you come to altitude, Craig. Uh, the Texas team has done some extensive training for that. How much of a factor do you feel like playing at elevation in the mountains is going to be on this Longhorn team when they face BYU? Well, you know, yesterday Mac Brown was asked that at a media briefing. He said he didn't think it would be any big deal at all. And for, for a variety of reasons, one, that of course, when Colorado was in the Big 12, they played uh, games every other year in Boulder, and that was at 5,300 feet. So it was a, a little bit higher than being in Provo. Now, I will tell you this, in 2009, they did go up to Wyoming. And, of course, that's at about, uh, what, 7,000 feet or so. And they did feel a little bit of the burn, as they say up there. It kind of bothered them in the first half. In the second half, they seemed to adapt pretty well. Uh, the other reasons is uh, they've done a little bit more, uh, I don't know if, if training for altitude is the proper phraseology, but they, they've uh, spent a little more time with uh, quite a bit more cardio, quite a bit more things, and that was done in the summer and early fall camp workouts. Not necessarily a crash course this week. It was more uh, in the summer and fall camp workouts before it started. So uh, the, the whole thing is obviously about acclimating themselves and Bob Babers, who played at Texas in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, was an all-American corner there, and he's uh, uh, my uh, co-host on the afternoon show and is our sideline reporter on the Texas games. He's, he remembers going to Colorado and Jeff Madden, the, the head strength trainer for and conditioning trainer for Texas, getting the guys, when they got off the plane and putting them through, he said, some gassers in the stadium right off the gate, you know, just running sprints, and they're like, are you crazy? Why are you doing this? And he said it helped acclimate themselves a little bit. So it, didn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they did something similar on Friday when they walked into Lavelle Edwards Stadium for a walkthrough. What's the vibe right now in Austin in relation to the matchup with BYU? Uh, there's a lot of excitement about it. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, there wasn't a great deal of excitement 
uh, about the season opener from a lot of the Texas fan base. They, going into this season, I heard someone describe the Texas fan base in a state of cautious pessimism. Uh, they were, you know, they were hoping for good things. There's a lot of returning starters back on this team, but you know, there's they're still kind of uh, taking the well. Let's wait and see how this team responds ultimately in the Big Ten because they've suffered a couple of blowouts. Oklahoma, uh, the last couple of years overall, they've lost three in a row to the Sooners, and that's obviously uh, the, the big point two game on the schedule. But they understand also that this is the most challenging non-conference schedule. They've had it a few years. Uh, Ole Miss comes into town next week. So they, this is the first test and obviously the first road game for Texas. So there is an elevated level of, uh, you might say, excitement and expectation going into this week's game. Mac Brown matched up with Texas in 2011 there in Austin, a 17-16 to come-from-behind win for the Longhorns. That team only won five games, but how much will he rely on on that association with the game two years ago in preparing for this game, if at all? Well, I, I think they'll, they'll look at some of the things from it. And, it. and it was the year before that when they had the five and seven. Two years ago, they ended up going eight and four. But your point's taken in that they had a little bit of a, a, a sluggish start uh, in that game. And, of course, it was a one-point game, and it was a defensive struggle. Uh, and and they pointed to some things. However, I, I think Mac will tell you this, and Bronco Mendenhall, when I visited with him uh, yesterday, he said a very similar thing, that that these teams, especially offensively, are quite a bit different than they were two years ago in that 17-16 contest. Both are running faster tempo. Both are trying to get more plays in on offense. On defense, uh, I, I think they are similar to where they were a couple of years ago. And I think we'll see some similar things there. But obviously, job one for both of these defenses is to try to be able to slow down what's going to be a fast-paced, offensive tempo game on both styles as they try to get the the rhythm and the tempo up. Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linting uh, chatting with Craig Way, play-by-play for the uh, voice for the Texas Longhorns. an explosion of offense happened uh, at the very end of the second quarter and then into the third quarter. I think 35 points in eight minutes. How much concern was there, if any, that it took 27 minutes um, to score, but then 56 gets on the board in the last 32 minutes or so against New Mexico yeah, State? Right, and that's a good point. And, and I think that, that uh, there, were, there were some fans that it, it came with the, well, we got off to a slow start type of thing. Mac points out that, uh, yes, it was a slow start offensively because of the turnovers. The ball, they were moving the ball a few plays that they had it, but they had some quick movement, much like they did in that 35 point spree. And they moved the ball quickly, and then they had three first half turnovers. So at halftime, despite getting the ball back and moving downfield and having the two quick strike scores, and they were up 14 7 at the half, they had had the ball only nine total minutes of the first half and only 29 plays. And New Mexico State had had it 21 minutes and 47 plays. So clearly what they want to do is, yes, they're, they're about the, the up-tempo, raising the tempo, but they're about making sure they get points and, most of all, not turning over the ball. I think that's what they feel hurt them most because they took the ball out of their hands. And, be, and, and New Mexico State had a couple of drives. One, the one for the one touchdown, uh, was a 64-yard drive, and they want to make sure and get uh, the opposing offense off the field get their offense back on there because they understand that their defense 
is going to have some very brief rest this year because even when the offense is moving, they're moving quickly and scoring. So that means getting that defense back out there. They just want to make sure it happens after a score, not after a three and out or a turnover. Craig Way, play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns, joining us live on BYU Sports Nation. Craig, I don't know if you've seen the BYU-Virginia game. If you have, what was your take on the Cougars' performance in really an ugly, wet, lightning-delayed game? Yeah, the way I, I when I looked at it, and and I, I described it when I was visiting with Coach Mendenhall, was weird, bizarre, and surreal. And and he he agreed, laughed, and said, "Yeah, and you can throw in a couple other adjectives in there about how strange it was." Texas had a deal like that uh, a few years back against Central Florida, except that was in the first quarter, and the Longhorns were up, and the game had been going for a while uh, with a lightning and storm delay. This was this is difficult, I would imagine. When you play, uh, you just get going. You go through all that pregame routine, and you get going in the first quarter, and then you have to stop for two hours. That's got to be difficult to get the team up. And yet, for all of that, they're in position to to get the win, despite the the throwing as, as Manny Diaz, the Texas defensive coordinator, described it. The quarterbacks were trying to throw a bar of soap because it was so difficult because of the weather. And and but for the late turnover. I'm sure they win the football game. So uh, when, when I asked uh, Bronco the other day about it, he said, I, I asked him, what, what, do you, what do you say to your guys about that? And he said, it's like going through difficult situations in life. You, you, you learn from it. You move forward with it. I still think, uh, judging the defense played outstanding in the offense, obviously 90-plus plays, you know they're going to get their opportunities. Those are the things that kind of stood out to me. Uh, Jamal Williams, tough running back over 100 yards rushing, and, and, and I think Taysom Hill – had some big days ahead of him coming, uh, managing things as best he could under some very adverse circumstances. What are the program expectations this year for Texas, given the last couple of seasons and the amount of returning starters and getting guys back like Jeff Coat and uh, Hicks from injury from last season? But that Those were big returnings. I don't think there's any question about that. And uh, they, in addition to having those two guys, they're hoping to see some of these other guys really step forward. Cedric Reed is an example. He takes Alex Okafor's place on the opposite side of the defensive front. Got off to a good start. Uh, was and uh, Had a sack uh, last Saturday night. So they know Jackson Jeffcoat's going to draw a great deal of attention, and so the guys like Cedric Reed need to step up. Same thing in the linebacking core with Steve Edmond and Peter Jenkins. Those guys have to step up and play well because Jordan Hicks uh, may be taken out of some plays. Secondary, I think, is pretty solid on that. And then a lot of you know, David Ash is the quarterback with the most returning starts in the Big 12, but until the Alamo Bowl, there was, I think, a level of distrust on the part of Longhorn fans. Now, he may be finally earning that trust because he played very well in the Alamo Bowl win for Oregon State and had the two early hiccups in the game. One was completely not his fault, a deflected pass. The other didn't have a good read on the one that was picked off in the end zone, and I'm sure Longhorn fans were going, uh, I don't know, and in fact, David kidded about it and said, I'm sure they were all thinking of this as the Kansas game all over again where he had a really poor performance and had to be pulled from the game in case McCoy failed out Texas in the game in Lawrence last year. But he composed himself. He composed himself in the Alamo Bowl win, and he certainly did so uh, in the win over New Mexico State. So that's why I think that he's a little bit different. And, and because of having 19 starters back, the expectations are there. I think folks are expecting 9, 10, 11 wins, uh, be in contention for a conference championship and a possible BCS bowl berth. Craig, we're going to go to the lightning round. A couple of questions in the final minute here. 
One, is there any validity to Mac Brown being on the quote-unquote hot seat this season? And is actor Matthew McConaughey the biggest Texas Longhorn fans on the face of the planet? Let me go in reverse order. He's one of the biggest. Matthew is one of the biggest. He has a suite. He shows up for a lot of games. Uh, so he's he's there an awful lot. So uh, I, I, he would fall into the category, anyway, of, of one of the biggest fans. Uh, the other thing about Mac, that the answer is no. But, uh, you know, there some of the rank-and-file fans would be unhappy, uh, uh, you know, with just a universal no on that. But I can tell you this. The people who make those kinds of decisions – uh, like the Lost Odds, like the, the university president, Bill Powers, and some of the very, very high-placed uh, alumni. They all love Mac. They love what he's done for the university. Obviously, uh, the, the, the financial windfall that has uh, come to the University of Texas way, over $100 million last year generated by football alone, uh, number one in that department across the country, uh, that, that is all at the top of the ladder. They just want to see it get back. I think everybody wants to see it get back in that, that role of uh, consecutive 10-win seasons like that in the first decade here of the 21st century where they had nine straight years of, of 10 or more wins, uh, went 3-1 and one in BCS Bowls and won an actual championship. And Max says the goals and the direction for the program and his players remains that very same thing. So I, I, he's not in any kind of danger, but they all uh, feel the urgency of turning this thing back to where it was just a few years ago. Fantastic insight from Craig Way, the play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns and co-host of the Sports Buffet on AM 1300 The Zone. Craig, thanks so much for your time. Hey, guys. Great to be on with you. Appreciate it. Okay, coming up, the Cougar Whip Around. Plus, who gets today's rise and shout? This is BYU Sports Nation. Now, here's the Cougar Whip Around. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Let's get to it. Basketball. The Cougars will play two home games in two days on the men's side as a part of the College Basketball Experience Hall of Fame Classic. BYU's previously scheduled game on Thursday, November 14th is now on the 15th against Mount St. Mary's. Not St. Mary's. Mount St. Mary's. BYU will play a team still to be determined the next day on the 16th. Both times and TV have not been announced. Women's Basketball. The West Coast Conference women's hoop schedule is out for all to see. BYU opens up league play on December 28th against Loyola Marymount here in Provo. The conference slate is now 18 games with the addition of Pacific to the conference. The WCC tournament slated for March 6th through the 11th at the Orleans Arena in Lost Wages. I mean Soccer. Las Vegas. The sixth-ranked Cougars are 3-0 and on the season and will practice today in preparation for the Utah Utes. That team up north tomorrow night at 9 Eastern. Watch the game live on BYU TV with Spencer Linton on the call. The Utes were just one of two teams to defeat BYU last season. Women's Volleyball. Today the women's volleyball team traveling to the Great Northwest to compete in the Portland State Tournament starting tomorrow against the host Vikings. Then they'll play matches against Fresno State and Oklahoma. Tough start for BYU Volleyball Team. The first women's volleyball broadcast, by the way, on BYU TV next Tuesday against Montana State. And that wraps up the Cougar Whip Around. Okay, let's get to some uh, chatter on Twitter. Some tweets. Uh, tweet at BYU TV, or excuse me, at BYU Sports Nation. I've been saying at BYU TV Sports for two years now. <laughs> at BYU Sports Nation. Uh, let's start with this. This one from at Kyle Ireland. What will Kyle Van Noy's impact be on Texas QB David Ash? Ooh, I'm actually thinking that 
Wani Unga, if he plays, may have more of an impact on David Ash. But That's not the question. Kyle Van Noy, he was frustrated with himself for missing some tackles against David Watford in Virginia last weekend. Kyle Van Noy will have an impact. He will make it a point that David Ash knows where number three is at all times. Another one, at Harrison, uh, or H. Collier, Harrison Collier. Will Jamal Williams run for over 150 yards this week? That would be quite the, uh, that'd be quite the game. I'm going to say no. He ran for 144 against Virginia. This Texas yeah. defense is better. Jamal's a stud. If he gets 80, I think that's, that's solid against that's a, Texas. That's a solid game. Okay. Uh, this coming from at Michael Phillip saying that a key to beating Texas is fast start on offense. They cannot get down early. And then, as we said, no self-inflicted wounds. Which of those do you feel like is most key, Jerem? Fast start on offense. I, I think uh, BYU's got to be the aggressor here. Uh, and if they are, then Texas can get on their heels a little bit, get tired, put their Bane masks on to uh, make sure they have enough oxygen, and then uh, BYU's in business. This is hilarious. This is from at King Ranch 51 Score more points than Texas does. That's the key. Fact! <laughs> Here's a, let's see, uh, at three put for boogie, boogie, yeah, fun. Anemic offense needs to produce. Offensive line has to allow QB to set feet, catch some passes. And now we go to at Glenn Hansen. Defense is the key and better blocking by the offensive line. I think we've driven that point. Totally, absolutely. Let's see, uh, at Matt uh, Hume 22, breaking down the defense with long drives, assuming it doesn't rain, and give the D a break. Did it rain last week? I think so. <laughs> I was I was amazed at some of the pictures from last week. It was it was crazy. Uh, let's see. At G Hansen twenty five, he uh, he guesses that BYU is going to score twenty one and allow seventeen. Okay, twenty one seventeen. Twenty one seventeen. That doesn't reach the twenty four point benchmark, but will that be enough? Okay, we go now to the Cougar Rise and Shout. <laughs> Every day we give a basically a shout out, a rising shout to somebody or something. <laughs> uh, and today we're going to do it. Ziggy Ansah of the Detroit Lions got a concussion August twenty fourth. It was revealed uh, yesterday at practice. Was limited a little bit in practice, but he's back. They're hoping he gets cleared for the opener uh, as the Lions host the Vikings uh, this Sunday as the NFL opens up. Mondays, by the way, we're going to have Cougars in the NFL. We'll talk about. How BYU players fared there, but today's rise and shout goes to Ziggy. Yeah, Ziggy. I wonder how many fantasy football teams are named the Final Ansa, <laughs> or something with Ghana. Yeah, I've seen a few. You a Ghana? Really quickly, uh, promoting BYU women's soccer. They take on Utah at the stadium at Southfield this Friday. Keep in mind, BYU ranked in the top ten in the country, six right now. The only regular season loss they had last year was to Utah. You got you have to think that's in the back of their minds. Uh, how about the front? Yeah, Utah. They they were disappointed they lost that game, and it was an early an early loss. BYU didn't score a goal in that game, uh, but they hope to be better tomorrow night. And of course, tomorrow, ESPN play by play Joe Tessitor will join the program. Fantastic get, and uh, we're excited to talk to Joe about BYU and Texas tomorrow. His thoughts. He's calling the game. On ESPN2 Saturday night. And Matt Millen will provide color commentary on that broadcast. 
Big thanks to everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew. Producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and of course our engineer Aaron Evans. He deserves a rise and shout. Yeah! For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, BYU Sports Nation, signing off until tomorrow.